when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. We don't often hear Ireland being hotter than Athens and enjoy this wonderful fine spring weather that we're experiencing at the moment. We're set to get it for today, tomorrow and Wednesday and then there's a change going to come on Thursday so enjoy it at the, at the moment and uh, temperatures between 12, 16, possibly 17 in some areas for the next uh, three days. It is a wonderful long, long may it last. A very good morning to you. Hoping you all had a lovely weekend. John Paul, take your calls at 1850-333-103. Anything you want to share with us. Or you can text or WhatsApp as well. I already see some texts and WhatsApps coming into 0862-103-103. People already starting to talk about Brexit and actually in a couple of minutes. That's going to be one of our first interviews uh, today. We are going to be discussing Brexit um, on the programme and looking back to last Friday and the start of legislation that the government are pushing through the door. Now this is a kind of an unusual piece of legislation because they're going to put laws in place that they hope they absolutely hope that they will never have to use but we need to prepare that if there is a no deal Brexit we need to know you know how we're going to handle it what we're going to do so they need to have the laws and the rules and regulations in place so that's the reason behind this piece of legislation so we'll speak to our political editor about it and Brexit all over the papers again today making front page news particularly with the notion now that Brexit could be pushed back anything up to two years as uh, Theresa May is doing this diplomatic dash to try to break the current impasse and there is now talks because I mean we're looking at we're nearly at the 1st of March the 29th of March is looming the Prime Minister at the weekend said that any meaningful vote is not going to take place until the 12th of March at the latest which would only give her about two weeks before the date that the UK is scheduled to leave the EU so there's now what's now gaining momentum is the idea that Theresa May will say push it back give us another uh, two years some of that give everyone a bit more breathing uh, space. Now how the powers that be in the EU are going to take to that I don't know. So we're going to talk around things uh, on, on like that on, as well as this legislation that was uh, that they're starting to push through the, the doll. Uh, John and Carrie has been on to say on Brexit, why are we the Irish sitting back and letting the English dictate to us about a soft or a hard border? Why aren't Irish people out protesting outside government buildings in England? We don't want any border in this country ever, ever again. It's time. Now, the, this is, these are John and Carrie Galine's words. 
it's time that Paddy stood up to the black and tans. Is history going to repeat itself? And John wonders, does anybody else agree uh, with him? That's real fighting talk, John. And I, and I can see where your frustration is coming from. But nobody wants that sort of fighting talk back again. And that's the real worry about a hard border. Would we be going back uh, to the days of the trouble? Troubles, Michael. Thank you for your uh, comment, John. Michael in Castletown Bear on WhatsApp says, uh, Patricia, have we ever seen or had more uncertainty in today's world? We're now hearing that Brexit and Article 50 could be extended by two months or perhaps even uh, two years. Well, who knows? But never forget what the late Charles de Gaulle said when asked why he so vigorously opposed the United Kingdom entering the EC. He said at the time, they would be the cause of breaking it up. I, I never, I, I was unaware that Charles de Gaulle said that at the time. I knew that he was against the United Kingdom entering the EC, but, but I never said that he said that. He actually said that statement. How true he was, says Michael, and far-seeing he was. It's no surprising that he was voted Man of the Century. Thank you, Michael, to 0862 103 103. So your thoughts and comments welcomed. We'll speak with... Eileen Brophy, our political editor, in a couple of minutes. And actually, actually, Eileen yesterday was at the uh, Fianna Fáil um, Ardesh, which was held in City West. So we'll speak with, or Saturday, wasn't it, on Saturday? So we'll speak with Eileen as to how that went uh, as well. We're also going to check in with the City Council. Uh, This was to do with a demonstration that was held outside a recent meeting of Cork City Council and it was a group of cyclists and we'd spoken with them on the day about their campaign to try to make Cork City a safer place for all cyclists and one of the suggestions that was made by the cyclists was to put in physical barriers, to put them in place in certain streets in Cork which would make cycling safer for the cyclists. And then we also uh, spoke around the frustration that cyclists have of people illegally parking on the cycle lanes. If the councils are doing their bit to put in cycle lanes, how frustrating then to see cars parked there and how do we stop at that? And I know there was a motion going before the council. Now it looks like the council are not going ahead with the idea or certainly haven't taken on board the suggestion for the physical barriers. So we'll talk a little bit more about that on the programme today. After 11, really looking forward to chatting with the wonderful country and western singer Trudy Lawler who will be joining me in studio along with a representative from Felicon. Felicon are the charity that work with families who have either had a stillborn baby or lost a, a, a baby close to birth and neonatal death. They're a wonderful wonderful charity and they're one of those charities that you don't get to hear about unless that tragedy befalls you or a member of your family and then you'll get to know the wonderful work uh, that they do and how they help and support families and I think the death of a child full stop is probably one of the worst griefs but the death of a baby either just before birth or at birth I think makes everybody else feel very uncomfortable around the language that you use how do you speak to somebody who has lost a baby and some people then will say you know stupid things like oh you're young you'll be able to have another child or um, have you wanted you other children at home aren't you lucky just really people meaning to be kind but can then end up being very very uh, hurtful and fail a con are just they're a wonderful charity and they run support uh, groups and they just they help out the mums and the dads and the siblings because it's hard to on older brothers and 
sisters who were getting all excited about the idea of a little baby brother or a little baby sister arriving home and suddenly that's taken from them and how do you explain that particularly if the children are smaller. So the reason Trudy Lawler joins me in studio with Fela Cohn is Trudy Lawler has recorded a version of Somewhere Over the Rainbow Somewhere Over the Rainbow I have to say would be one of my all time uh, favourite songs and she's just done this magical version of the song and she joins us in studio to talk about the recording of the song but also to talk about why she decided to donate all of the proceeds from this song to Felicon and then we're going to have representative from Felicon joining us in the studio so we'll use it to promote Felicon as well and get the message out there of the great work that Felicon do and we'll get to play 2D Lawler's version of Over the Rainbow so looking forward to that later on on the programme. Also looking forward to once again speaking with uh, Terry Carney from the Skibbereen Heritage Centre. We spoke with Terry last week when we were putting the call out in search of Private Ryan's family. This was a private Patrick Ryan. His medals turned up in the Kale Kale charity shop, stuffed in the pocket of an old tweed jacket. And great efforts have been made to try to find out more about who was Private Ryan and Tuori's family and get the medals back to his family, their World War One medals. So we're just going to get the latest on that story. And as we do every Monday in the final hour of the programme, Annalise Drussell from the Health Hub Times Square in Balancolic will join us to answer all of your nutritional questions. So if you have a nutritional question, get it in to us, please, to 1850 333 103. And you can text our WhatsApp 0862 103 103. And a WhatsApp are reacting to John in Carrigaline who contacted the programme to say, Why are we the Irish letting the English dictate to us about a hard or a soft border? And John in Carrigaline feel that we as Irish people should be protesting outside government buildings in England to tell them how we feel. A listener says, Could you tell John in uh, Carrigaline that yes, I fully agree with him, but when he classes us Irish as paddies, that is real English slang for us. So why is he using that? Because John, in his comments, said it's time the paddy stood up to the black and tans. So while a listener agreeing we should be protesting, disagrees with his terminology. And someone else says, Patricia, when you were talking about the plaza last week in Mallow, did you see what happened at the weekend to some of the plants? in the plaza I did and it was Steve Murphy from the Mallow Star on his Facebook page I think it was on Sunday morning put up photographs yeah it was uh, Sunday morning so it would have happened Saturday night into Sunday morning and a picture of the big one of the big new flower pots that has gone in on the plaza in Mallow and somebody decided to just rip out the plants I mean literally I'm just looking at it here there's one two, three I would say just for no apparent reason other than isn't this a fun thing to do here am I heading home after a few scoops a few beers a few drinks so what will I do I'll rip out the plants wasn't that they took the plants home to plant them in their own garden which would be a bad enough thing to do but just literally ripped them out and thrown them on the down beside the planter pots now I don't know whether somebody from the council Yesterday was Sunday. I don't know if they would have had anybody on duty or whether somebody is, is showing up this morning or did somebody pick them up and we put plant them back in? I don't know. But yes, absolutely. This was making the point. How uh, shameful. But wasn't that predicted on your programme? Yes, it was predicted. I lost count last week 
of the number of people when they were complaining firstly some people were complaining about the actual flower pots being so big and all of that and uh, we were discussing where the money came from from the council and you know the thought pattern behind it and the idea was for everybody to give them a chance to get used to them and for the visual to get used to the visual aspect of it and we were also told told by the council there would be more planting done and it will give us you know a pop of colour you know, if, could, you could imagine if the flower pot was full of wonderful coloured flowers and shrubs and plants, etc. But straight away people started saying, yeah, but how long will they last? You know, and one listener in particular was saying that the Tidy Towns, really good, strong Tidy Towns group in Mallow, who are, have done lots of work over the years to try to beautify the town. And they're sick and saddened of putting shrubs and plants in and people just with nothing else to do but ripping them out and exactly was was predicted happened sooner rather than later uh, I have to say uh, 1850 333 103 John Paul taking your calls text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 Laura Gelga RC 103 But a Neil Armstrong on Kay a Hugh Aaron we do more against an adult, or we say in a vocal org. August Hussig Shake Edelt nor a Vishay, Shave Lean Day Dish. Kuig Shayla Nasa Corp Sposera, August Rauniuk A in Sundara Grupa in Edek Shaskado. Dimig Apollo 11, Er Hus Krig Angelak, Er on Shayla Deg Duel, Nedeg Shaskade. We Buzz Aldrin, August Michael Michal O'Clan. In the Hyantas to Spaslam. Hog Shay Nismona Shay or a Clig on Trust, Quigangulak a Ying. Noor Hurling on Spaslam Erangulak, but a Neil Armstrong and Kay Dinner a Hule Erangulak. Lesson Fuckle Amrotka. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Le Blura Grilga is Misha Jack Derosha or Grilskal Homosh Dovish. CK'd as a three Kirkig. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Now, last Friday, the government published the Brexit legislation. This is legislation it hopes it never has to use. The Brexit omnibus bill will try to limit the impacts of a no deal Brexit. Our political editor, Eileen Brophy, uh, joins me. Good morning to you, Eileen. Hi. Um, uh, and you're welcome. I mean, lots of talk in the paper today that Brexit could be pushed out for another two years. What's, what's, yeah. what's happening? <laughs> well, what's happening there is um, that uh, Theresa May knows... <laughs> Sorry, excuse me. Sorry, something just went against my okay. breath. That Theresa May knows that if she goes if she goes into the Parliament on Wednesday uh, with a vote that she's not going to get anywhere. She went off to Egypt thinking that she might get you know some changes to put to the Parliament, uh, and uh, you know everybody was saying no 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 what you know what you have you've got. Uh, so now um, you know, she sent out or. Michael uh, Gove went out on Friday and said, you know, that we should look for an extension. So once that happened, we knew then uh, that, you know, she was going, she wasn't going to go on uh, on Wednesday uh, to the Parliament. So she's going to put that off now uh, and to see if she can get some changes and particularly if she can actually change the date that they leave. They're to leave on the 29th. And what she's hoping now is that she might get a year or two uh, 
uh, more on that. Now, the English papers this morning are saying uh, that they get an extension of maybe two years. Uh, but Micheál Martin over the weekend, when we asked him, you know, what does this mean, uh, you know, for Ireland, he's saying, well, he doesn't think it will mean anything because he's thinking that she'd only get a couple of months, uh, that, you know, maybe May, June, July, um, and that very little could be done in that short space of time. Whereas if she was to get two years, you'd be surprised what kind of kind of work you could do. But like even even under this agreement that she has, like you know the agreement just to leave uh, Europe, uh, we really are talking about negotiating a full. Uh, deal in a year's time so uh, Eve, I don't know where the English papers are coming from on the two years today uh, but a lot of people feel in Ireland that she'd be lucky to get two or three months uh, and at most a year but a year yeah, certainly and, something could be done. And Leo Varadkar I mean was making the point that the March 29th is you know what he described as a self-imposed uh, deadline which would suggest that the EU would agree to a postponement but that has to come from London doesn't it? It has to come from London and she herself uh, picked that date uh, so they're saying well look you know we didn't pick it you picked it so um, th- th- I think definitely uh, there's no doubt the EU would be definitely open uh, to uh, to giving her an extension it would make a big difference uh, certainly to us it would make a big difference to Europe because they wouldn't be leaving um, and I suppose we'll just wait to see where we're going and also like you've got to wonder then if she has this long another another year you know obviously these people that have left the Labour Party set up their own party and you also have uh, Conservatives leaving the government party and also joining this party now Unlike Ireland, you know, uh, you could have an agreement between Labour and uh, and Fianna Fáil or Labour and Fine Gael, or and as we can see, uh, Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael, that would never happen in England. Like they hate one another, so the only thing they have in common is Brexit. And will more people jump? Uh, if we get this uh, extension, and you know what, like what they're looking for is they want uh, another vote, uh, they want another second referendum, referendum yeah, second referendum, yeah. and uh, Theresa May is saying absolutely no way, like she's just dismissing it. But if that party became big enough. Uh, then you could probably see uh, another referendum. Yeah, and that does seem to be gaining momentum. So in so in the meantime, the Irish government have to plan uh, So, uh, almost for a doomsday scenario. I mean, isn't, yeah. isn't that what they're planning on, that if the well, UK uh, crash out? Because there has been a, an awful lot of um, criticism of this government that they hadn't got a plan. And, you know, you know Simon Coveney has always sort of said, well, why would you plan for the worst like this? It hasn't happened. It's, we don't believe it's going to happen. As far as we're concerned, uh, they're going to go with an agreement. But then I think they had a second thought and they decided that they better um, have some kind of a, a plan, uh, some kind of legislation. Then there is also talk that this legislation may not even get through um, and, and certainly wouldn't have got through um, by uh, the end of, of the month. It's emergency legislation. Uh, but you know, it has to go you know, to the Dáil and then go to the Senate. So they felt that it wasn't going to get through. So this is very good for Ireland if uh, if we get an extension. Even a three-month extension would be good, but certainly a year or two years, um, it would, everything will die down a bit and things, 
you know, would be much e- easier uh, if we do get um, a- an extension on this. And of course, the legislation is just going to be there and it will be put on a shelf uh, to be used if, if needed. And it's, it covers nine government departments and there's 15 different parts. I mean, it's everything from healthcare to education Absolutely to social everything. protection. Yeah, everything, you know, from, from that. Like, in, in other words, that, you know, people that go up north to get, you know, the, get their treatment, they still go up north. The north people, the north come down here, although it's usually the other way around. Uh, but people go to England as well. And it's, it's uh, and also then for, um, mostly I suppose between England and Ireland and North and South so it's it's all to do with really everyday things uh, rather than uh, that Well we were discussing last Friday because we had a couple of calls in yeah. about it English pensioners there's a, you know we were, particularly right. in parts of West Cork there's a lot of people who have English are either pension. from England or were Irish lived and worked in England have come back home and they've got an English pension. That's but, right. But they're going to be covered. They're going to be OK. They're going to be covered. And if you, like, you know, then I heard people saying, actually, on Friday, that you didn't have to have legislation for that because it doesn't matter where you live, if you're, if you're entitled to an English pension, no matter where you live, you, you get your pension. Um, because it doesn't matter where you move to live. Um, if whatever you're entitled to, you're entitled to. But if you're entitled to, say, you know, the, you know in Ireland, um, you know, the children's allowance yeah. that people... Which you is know, it, well, that's an EU agreement. That's an EU agreement. Yeah. So, that's com- so that's completely different. I think people are probably mixing that up with the pension. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, so... Um, but even even to hear the, the RSA come out with uh, getting people to swap over their driver's, driver's licence. That's right, so it's yeah. just they're, they're small little things, but it's a day-to-day, it'll affect people. That's right, and they are they are just um, day to day things, and offered us a lot of those things. Uh, just you wouldn't even need legislation. Yeah, you know the kind of common sense. But I suppose when you're when you're going to do the legislation, and each department is doing their own, like obviously the passports, all all of that sort of thing as well. Um, you know, um, like people in, in uh, Irish people living in England, all all getting passports, um, and it has delayed the passport hugely um, uh, uh, people that were, were they were saying to people get your passports online um, and uh, you get it within a couple of days well I applied online and I believe it has come today but it has taken an awful long time Oh and um, would you believe I was the opposite I applied online and had it in five days yeah, well, I, mine has taken ages. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe, you, maybe well, you have to check you, me out. Is it a, a dodgy pastime, you know, that <laughs> you'd like to tell be, us about? And then we had be. the good, we'd, well, we had good news for one local company on Friday, Carberry Food. They're set to receive uh, state aid. This is to try to help them diversify into new markets beyond the UK. More and more companies are going to have to start doing that. They are, and I, it's, this is a nightmare, really, for companies uh, and for businesses. Um, and I, you know, I know that the government and I know that government agencies are trying to work with all of these companies. Uh, but like, there's a, a lot of a lot of people are very concerned about jobs. But the jobs that that are going at the moment seem to be going in England rather than uh, than here. And you know, I know I was reading somebody in the one of the papers in the weekend uh, an economist saying that don't think they're all going to come here because they're not they'll go you know to o- o- other areas um 
maybe within Europe, but certainly uh, if they want to, obviously everybody wants to have some kind of a European presence, uh, but they'll go wherever they think, um, you know, it's go- they're going to do do best in. And um, we all seem to think they're all going to come to Ireland, uh, but actually it, 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 it doesn't necessarily mean that. But obviously if you are dealing with the U.S., um, and dealing with Ireland, uh, that you might be better off to come to Ireland uh, for the gateway for uh, for Europe. And English speaking and all of that. Absolutely. And, and very finally, before we let you go, I know you were spend you spent time in in City West uh, this weekend. Fianna Fáil had their uh, Ardesh. Impatient, frustrated, and eager for change was the sense for a lot of the delegates. Was a lot of the to- of topic of conversation governed by when will we have the a general election. Yeah, I think that was was certainly you saw uh, Michal's speech and he dealt with that at the very beginning of his speech. He was defending and once you're defending, you're losing. Um, And he, you know, during the the day he was meeting delegates and he was, he himself says that they understood. But we know from once we spoke to him, we spoke to most of the delegates uh, going around ourselves and the front bench and the back bench and they were all all very annoyed that he extended uh, the confidence and supply agreement um, and he tried to explain that you know we can't have a general election we don't want a general election we wouldn't have seen that legislation on Friday um, if we ha- were in the middle of a general election we wouldn't people wouldn't be looking at Brexit um, you know focusing on it properly it would all be election promises election election um, and that it would be very bad for Ireland um, so people weren't really buying uh, buying it from him on the on the weekend and obviously TDs themselves were, were quite annoyed and you know he was in a situation now where um, you know if he did if he if he, he he's damned if he does he's damned if he doesn't and then of course it doesn't help that me that uh, Leo Varadkar himself has been goading him and saying oh if they weren't doing so badly in the polls we wouldn't have we probably wouldn't have this agreement uh, and then his own people are annoyed as well so like he He's been getting it from all angles. And then yesterday morning, uh, that poll came out saying... Bit of a bounce. Over 70% of people believe he's right. We can't have an election. And I think now that the man can actually breathe again and relax. Yeah. Yeah, and they got a bounce at the, up two percent, but Sinn Fein also got a bounce. Now that's the that's the funny thing, because Sinn Fein have been trying to have an election, as you know, uh, they've been you know been pushing for uh, for the confidence supply agreement to go and for an election. Uh, then they brought forward the no confidence vote and Simon Harris, um, and they got a, a huge bounce from that. So it's a bit look if you look at it on one hand, you know, did they because we knew about that bounce on Saturday night, but we didn't know about the 70, over 70% of people looking, you know, believing they shouldn't have a general election. So there's a bit of a contradiction there uh, from uh, Sinn Féin. You know, on one hand, they're looking for an election and on the other hand, they're taking this no confidence. People, I think, felt that they were right to take the no confidence, that, the, you know, the overspend the children's hospital was wrong and uh, that obviously to promoting it. But 
then their people are saying we shouldn't have a general election. So there's a bit of a contradiction there uh, about Sinn Féin. So I think we just have to wait and see when we, when, uh, another uh, poll, which we'll see in a month's time anyway. OK, listen, thanks a million for that, um, Eileen. We'll talk again soon. Thanks. Uh, have a good day. That is uh, Eileen Brophy, who is our political editor. 1850-333-103. John Paul takes the calls, text or WhatsApp 862 Hi, Martina here. Join me every weekday from 4 to 7 for Drive Time, where I'll keep you up to date on all the latest traffic information. We'll spread some positivity with our feel-good story and song of the day. And of course, we'll be serving up a generous portion of Cork's greatest hits. C103. I spoke a few weeks ago with the Cork Cycling Campaign. It was in advance of a demonstration outside City Hall, calling for physical barriers to be erected around the city. Solidarity Councillor Fiona Ryan submitted a motion on the uh, issue. And we were hoping to speak with Fiona. We're having problems getting through with uh, through to her. But Justin Fleming of the Cork Cycling Campaign rejoins me on the programme. Uh, good morning to you, Justin. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, Thank you for having me Well, 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 you're welcome back to the programme. As I say, we were hoping to chat with uh, Councillor Fiona Ryan about the motion that she submitted on the night, which I believe wasn't successful. I don't think there's been a vote on it yet, Patricia. Okay. We have received uh, a written statement from the Roads and Transport Directorate. And unfortunately, that tells us that the position right now is they're unwilling to to make the bike lanes work. Do they so, say why? They said, well, our own view is that the reasons were quite flaky, really. And we're also convinced that the position is going to change in the future because it's just not, it's not tenable, really, when you consider all the people who are cycling already and in the future with all the new developments and all the extra jobs and people who will be in the city it's not really tenable that there wouldn't be proper bike infrastructure for them, you know. Is it a cost factor, Justin? I mean, no. will they be, is, are they very expensive to put in the physical barriers that you're suggesting? Not at all. These are cheap as chips. It's literally a case of putting magic wands in or whatever it is. It could even be parked cars, Patricia, because in one particular case near the train station, and this is where there are going to be new developments and jobs on quite a big scale. All there are are parked cars protecting one particular bike lane and that bike lane works quite well. So, I mean, you could just put the other bike lane in behind the parked cars and that would work and it wouldn't cost much at all to just cost a bit of paint. But it's a political decision that must be made to say, OK, we have good cycling policies, we're serious about having a new transport option for all of our road users and we're going to do something about it. Right now we've great policies and intentions but we're not backing them up with the actions that are necessary and it's quite shameful really. And the issue of illegal parking on cycle lanes was something you and I uh, discussed. Did that get mentioned at the City Council meeting? I think the motion itself has been deferred, but I'm not certain about that. I don't think the motion was voted on yet, but there was a response from the directorate, and the directorate said that it's the duty of the Gardaí and of traffic wardens to enforce bike lanes. But the position that the campaign has is quite clear, and that is, well, if the bike lanes are good enough, there's no need to enforce them, because people won't be able to park on them or drive in them. 
And, and, and is, there, is, it, is it still a problem? Yes, very much so, unfortunately. And did so, I, is, is, is it worse on the weekends or is this something that happens all any day of the week? You'll have a, a problem happens, with it. It happens all the time, but with regard to the weekends, there are no there are no enforcement staff working. So you can't expect paint on the ground to work, especially on weekends when there are no staff working to enforce it. But really, we shouldn't be accepting paint on the ground because it's not good enough. You know, I mean, it isn't really that much to ask that we would have safe facilities because that way we'd be able to reach out to people who today might consider this to be something they'd never, ever do, even though they might know totally the health benefits, the environmental benefits, that they might beat the traffic, save money, get exercise, mental health and so on. But if they feel that it's not safe for them to do this or it's dangerous or that it's something that would never affect them, that, I mean, we're, we're losing and it isn't rocket science, as we said before. I mean, it is quite simple, but we have to take action and we're not doing that. And you had a great turnout to your demonstration. Yes, we did. And that's something that makes me optimistic for the future. And that's something that reinforces our view that, well, the current position just isn't, there's not going to be longevity in it. It's going to have to change because we were able to get 150 to 200 people today and we've only 4,500 cyclists in the city, according to figures from my colleagues. So consider now in the future with the new developments and the new bike parking arrangements that will be included in them and all the extra people who are going to be spending time in the city. And I mean, our road space is constrained, so it's essential that we make choices to make the best use of it. And cycling is undoubtedly going to be one of those choices. Yeah, so and it never, it, never, it never ceases to amaze me. If you go to any other European city, uh, uh, cities that are bigger than, uh, than Cork, you'll always see people cycling and cycling safely. Yes, and the reason is very simple because they just, they really back up what they have on paper. They have good policies, but they follow through on them. And there just seems to be a kind of fear at the moment to do that here and it's such a shame and I hope we've demonstrated at our at our event at City Hall recently that yes actually this isn't just a niche it's not just people who are really concerned about it it's something that everyone is concerned about if there are parents or grandparents listening in if there are younger people listening in who might be considering commuting to the city or to Dublin for work if people are considering Parky Cueve or the event centre and something is going on, they all expect to get to where they need to go safely and they, they deserve to have options because right now there aren't really very many options. Yeah, and the people thing is that if you, if you want to encourage people to get on their bikes, then you have to make the area, areas where people will be cycling as safe as possible. Yeah, that's correct. But, you know, believe it or not, there's a programme on at the moment. Tonight would be the second the second programme of it. It's called Now You See Me and it's on RT1 from half seven on Monday nights. But the key point that programme makes is that cycling is a transport option that people choose in places because it's most convenient. 
it's easier for them, it's less hassle than any other form of transport. And we failed by and large to get there right now in Ireland and in Cork. But there are cases in Cork and in the country where we've succeeded. In the city, there's a stretch from UCC to the city centre along Lancaster Quay that's protected by parked cars and by magic wands or armadillos, bollards, protection. We've greenways. We know about the Waterford Greenway and the Mayo Greenway. And they're a success in bringing people because people are crying out for change and they're crying out for more options and we're failing to give them to them. Okay, and uh, no doubt uh, Fiona Ryan uh, will be will continue to push her motion. And as I say, we were hoping to have Fiona on the programme today, but uh, we're having uh, difficulties getting through to her. Justin, we'll talk again in the meantime. Thank you for that, and thanks for joining us on the programme this morning. Thanks so much. Good, good morning to you. Bye bye, Justin Fleming, who is with the Cork Cycling Campaign. Whenever we bring up the issue of cyclists, you never to be get calls in about people criticising cyclists. Bridget Ballygarvin was on to say I was driving on the South Lake on Sunday when after I came off the link road heading towards the Bandon Road roundabout there was a cyclist cycling around the roundabout surely that should not be the case you will see when you're driving in Dublin or other big cities signs saying no cyclists Uh, we will have a person should we allow a person cycle around a major roundabout in our city is that not illegal ponders Bridget in uh, Ballygarvin and Mary says, I met four cyclists last week. It was about 5pm. No lights. They're on the Carrigahan Road, all wearing dark clothes. Says Mary, they do no favours for themselves. Let's take a break and we've got news at 11 on the way. Free money. Grab your share of five grand with C103 Cash Tracks. You could win when we play two songs together from the superstar of the day. C103 Cash Tracks. With Cavanaugh's, the new name for Ford and Mallow. For new and used car sales, visit Cavanaugh's.com. On the home of Cork's greatest hits. C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. We were discussing Brexit in the last hour with our political editor, uh, Eileen uh, Brophy, and much focus and attention now going on the hope, I suppose. I think a lot of people are hoping that the that the that it will get extended and that we won't be looking at this deadline of the 29th of March and where everyone will have a breathing space and it will give the British Prime Minister, Theresa May, uh, a chance to go back and uh, persuade her colleagues, persuade her government that, you know, a package can be arrived at. Or could we end up seeing another referendum, which is what some people seem to want? And we were talking around the day-to-day issues of what a no-deal Brexit would look like and, you know, this emergency legislation that the government are pushing through and just the the practicalities of it, like the one that we spoke about last week, the Road Safety Authority saying to uh, people who are living in this country from the United Kingdom, if you've been driving around on a driver's licence, which you're quite entitled to do, the advice is now is surrender that driving licence and flip it over into an Irish driver's licence. Actually, I've annoyed somebody in the last, and I probably annoyed them again with that 
uh, comment breathe in Mallow uh, says England 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 it's the United Kingdom Patricia I'm sick of it it's like Scotland and Wales don't exist it's the United Kingdom so my apologies if every now and again I mention Britain or British well I should be referring to the United Kingdom with regard to uh, Brexit Heidi says, Patricia, listening on Brexit, it does work both ways, particularly with the driving licence that you're highlighting. The Irish living in the United Kingdom will now have to do the same thing. They'll have to switch over to a UK licence. It's the EU playing hardball with a backstop. They don't want the United Kingdom to leave as they pay so much money into the EU. Ireland now will have to pay more and I'm sure a lot of the newer countries that joined are poorer countries. Also the EU and the DUP also want their own way. The United Kingdom no way want a hard border. They say, they've said this from the very beginning, but if you listen, it's the EU having the UK between a rock and a hard uh, place. And I thought, thank you for that. And I thought it was interesting to see a source um, speaking to the Guardian newspaper that attempts to try to blame Ireland for a no deal Brexit. Because at one stage it did look like the Irish were being blamed uh, for everything. Anyway, attempts to blame um, Ireland for Brexit, it will backfire. It seems this is according to a source speaking to The Guardian because the EU believes Ireland has been used as a proxy to tease out uh, further trade uh, issues. And and certainly there was a bit of bully boy tactics going on with some of the discussions that were coming out about tariffs. Because we have to bear in mind that food producers and farmers, they will see their businesses absolutely decimated by tariffs and uh, quotas. That's if the UK had a no-deal Brexit scenario. The multi-million pound beef trade certainly looks like it would be the worst affected, but the overall impact on rural Ireland looks set to be far worse than what was even previously feared. Uh, the British government have indicated it will also apply extra taxes on sheep, meat, sheep meat, beef, poultry, dairy, dairy and pig meat. Now they say they're going to do that in order to protect their own farmers. A new uh, tariffs it seems will also hit consumers in the pocket with predictions suggesting that the price of milk now, the price of bread and flour would rise by 30% and milk, cheese and eggs would go up by 42%. Now, Irish beef exports, they are worth 5.2 billion and half of all of the Irish beef exports are destined for the for UK consumers and other produce which are particularly exposed to any kind of uncertainties and this would be in an old deal uh, scenario in, uh, include the mushroom industry um, while 25% are 1 billion of our total dairy exports all go to the, to the United Kingdom so certainly in this country we do not want a no deal uh, Brexit so we'll wait and see what's happening now at the moment and is this going to give everybody time to sort of take a breather and say let's not panic here and you know almost like nothing to see here move along let's give us a little bit of breathing space and as Eileen says it depends on what political commentators who you are reading and who you are listening to some are saying the extension could be as little as two months others are are saying the extension could be as long as two uh, years we will wait and see and keep a close eye uh, on it I was talking about some 
vandalism and yeah you would call it vandalism that happened at the weekend in Mallow and to do with the flower pots these huge flower pots that were erected by the council on the plaza in Mallow we had discussed them last week on the programme and it led to some people predicting that those plants would be vandalised and people would end up ripping them out and lo and behold we didn't have to wait long because there was pictures up on Stephen Murphy of the Mallow Star newspaper Vale Star newspaper put up pictures on his private Facebook page on Sunday morning of exactly what we had predicted would happen. People had ripped out the plants, just dumped them on the ground. You know, didn't, you know, they weren't doing a bit of gardening or didn't kind of think, oh, it'd be a nice plant in my garden, I'll bring it home with me. No, just for nothing better to do, rip them out and threw them onto the ground. A lot of people really disgusted about that, but what, did, what do you expect, says one uh, caller. And somebody says, hi, surely the CCTV cameras around that area. Yeah, there was talk of CCTV cameras going into that area and then there was the discussion who was going to monitor the CCTV and I thought that all got uh, sorted out. I'll look into that. I don't know if the CCTV cameras there or not but certainly there was talks of putting them up in that general area of the plaza and it would be great if there were CCTV cameras and what would be terrific would be if whoever did that and it's just complete and utter vandalism regardless of how people feel about the flower pots on the plaza and whether you like them or not everyone accepts that you don't want people ripping the plants out just for the sake of it. It's just wanton vandalism and nothing else. And the people, I'd love that there would be CCTV footage, clear CCTV footage to identify whoever did it and that they were uh, caught and then put them community service, put them out cleaning the streets or painting a derelict area or something. Give them, you know, there's no point fining somebody like that. I would, I would, community service in doing something to pay back to the town I think would be the best way to go so we'll check out and see if there is or if anybody knows is there CCTV cameras in that area lower area of Mallowtown around where the plaza is and Martin in Mill Street says does anybody else has anybody else copped the station road in Mill Street is a disgrace now I don't know what Martin means by that is it is a disgrace in that the road surface is a disgrace or is it a disgrace because of littering because we've been talking about littering so I don't know at which point Martin is trying to make 1850 John Paul taking your calls Angus in McCroom says I wish they would make their minds up about an election we'll get nowhere here in Ireland with our politics with all the bickering that's going on in the Dáil constantly between Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael I think after listening at the weekend and certainly that opinion poll that came out that showed 70% of the people don't want an election certainly they don't want an election until we know exactly what's happening with uh, Brexit but uh, Angus just wants them to get on with it actually somebody else was saying that we need a new political party I don't know where that comment has gone Uh, Pat says Hi Patricia what we need in this country is a new political party we've nobody to vote for that's the problem that we have at the moment 1850-333-103 John Paul taking your calls text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 C103-Jobs a plaster is wanted in the new market area. You must have your own transport and you must be able to work on your own initiative. A part-time stylist is required. That's for a salon in the Middleton area, while a tractor driver is wanted in the Mallow area. And a coach driver is wanted with a D licence, please, for a school run in Bandon. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. 
The GAA Sports Star of the Month Awards on C103 with the Rochestown Park Hotel. You come to win finals and that's what we've been luckily doing for over the last few months. I'm exceptionally proud of the lads. They gave everything that they could. Charleville playing senior is all we were really interested in at the start of the year. The January Sports Star winner is Captain Daniel O'Flynn from Charleville who are the Cork and Munster Intermediate Hurling Champions. The C103 GAA Sports Star of the Month Awards. Recognising outstanding achievement in the field of Cork GAA. It's the one for you. C103. Now award winning singer Trudy Lawler has just released a brand new single which she hopes will raise funds and awareness of Thalacom, the group that offers support for families who've lost a baby to stillbirth or neonatal death. Trudy Lawler, I'm delighted to say, joins me in studio along with Thalacom member from uh, Cove, uh, Carmel O'Shea. Good morning to you both ladies. Good Patricia, morning. thank you very much indeed well, for having you're us very here. You're welcome. And I am going to play the song in a moment because it truly is uh, stunning. Somewhere over the ra- rainbow. Trudy, I'll start with you. Tell me why you selected this song. Patricia, thank you very much indeed for giving us the opportunity to talk here this morning on your show. Uh, Somewhere over the rainbow is a song, I suppose, synonymous with so many people uh, from The Wizard of Oz. And I've always loved the song and always wanted to record it. And you've ne- you haven't recorded it today. Never recorded, and I'm 25 well, years recording this yeah. year. So um, I lost last year, I lost my mother and my brother and my best friend in the space of a year. And um, when I went back into the recording studio, I said to my husband, who's also my manager, Billy, I said, I want to do something special. And um, we recorded somewhere over the rainbow and we organised a a 40 piece string orchestra to be on it as well from Macedonia. So we went all out with the production of it. And when it was fully done, um, we were delighted and we said, listen, wouldn't it be lovely to be able to use the song to help promote a charity and shine a light on a charity? And I was very specific. I didn't know what charity I wanted, but I knew it had to do with children. And I knew it had to be sensitive um, because I just felt rainbow and children. And and as I said, the Wizard of Oz, we all love it. Yeah, the song. Yeah. Yeah. So it was about three months. um, I was going through different charities and different charities were were coming to us. And it was just a story I'd heard from a lady in Wexford about a cuddle, cuddle cot. What's a cuddle cot? And then I started searching and then I got in touch with my sister, uh, Marie and her husband, Simon, down in West Cork. And I said, there's some group called I think Felicon they're from West Cork oh, shit, I, I'm not sure but I'll check it out and she did through her friend Hannah and got me a contact with Mary Cregan who's one of the founders and I got in touch with, with Mary and uh, she was delighted and we said well look we think we found the right charity so we worked around them and we included in the video that we just released last week uh, to include um, butterflies. Of course, Felicon is the Irish the for fourth, butterfly yeah. and we wanted to get that across in the video. And uh, we released the song and all the proceeds uh, from the downloads on iTunes and Amazon and Spotify go directly to Felicon. And it went straight in at number one in iTunes yeah. after only being released that 24 hours. So it was wonderful. That was terrific. And Felicon, um, uh, Carmel O'Shea is with us, uh, Felicon member. Felicon Carmel is one of those charities that unless this bereavement touches you you'll never as Trudy said she didn't know anything about it No you wouldn't hear about it at all you wouldn't you wouldn't have previously heard of it and th- like there uh, the charity was formed in 2009 and by a, for- a group of bereaved par- parents and then it became um, a registered charity in 2010 and it's just um, voluntarily led organisation and um Again, we were in the hospital. We lost our own little girl, Maddie, in 2013. And when we were in the hospital, we were presented with the Felicon memory box, which becomes your prized possession. 
Now explain the memory box. So and, the memory and, box. And you brought, is this your own one that you brought with you? This is my own one. This no. is the one that we have just to explain to show a demonstration. What's, what's okay. Going. Yeah. Okay. My own one is so full now that the it's it's just emptying out over the sides. It's almost yeah. rolling into a cupboard. Never mind a memory <laughs> box. But we have um, inside it our little crochet blankets, which okay. are made by bereaved parents, bereaved uh, grandparents, long ago bereaved. Uh, ladies who would have had lost a baby years ago and would have never have had the chance to speak and about their in, babies. And in a very different era where it just wasn't spoken that's about, it, the baby yes. was taken away and just, that's yeah. That's it, done, yeah. forgotten, go on, have another one. And yeah. that's that's the end of it. So also inside in it is a little trinket box for a lock of hair. So like you wouldn't even think of taking a lock of hair from, from the baby before the funeral or whatever. And th- this just reminds you that that's another precious memory that you'd have. There's also a little box with um, just a little Vaseline just to, to moisten your little baby's lips and that just to, to keep to keep things as normal as possible. Because yeah. when your baby is with you, the, the the trauma or whatever, it kind of takes a backseat for the moment because while they're physically with you, you're still it's holding like, a little baby. Yeah, and this is my baby. baby my baby yeah. is, is here yeah. and you treat them like you would any any other baby. Also, there's a candle which you can light for um, just a memorial candle. There are leaflets, very helpful leaflets, because most people have never had to organise a funeral before. And you're you're supposed to be dealing with the excitement that a newborn baby brings and all this elated excitement. But instead you're thinking, oh, my God, what do I do? Where do I go? I need to bury my baby. I need a little white coffin. These things would never have entered your head and nor would you want them to enter anybody's head either, you know. So they're the leaflets that are there provided. And I suppose the most treasurable thing that's inside in it are the twin, the twin teddies. They're um, two teddies, one exactly the same as the other. And the idea behind that is that the you would give one teddy to the little baby, your own little baby, and the parents keep the other teddy. And then maybe just before the funeral, you swap the teddies so that your baby will always have a possession of you yours have, and, yeah. and vice versa. Wow, goodness oh, me. Is yeah. That, yeah. And Carmel, for you, you had never heard of Fela Khan, obviously. No, on, on, I never until. heard of them before. No, never did. Until I saw the memory box that day and the midwife came in and she had, there was, there's also a little ink print set in the box and she took prints of Maddie's, both of Maddie's feet and her hand. Yeah. And that was provided by, by Felicon. And that was the first that we'd we'd heard of it because we, on the back of the Prince leaflet, we saw the word and I was, Felicon, what's the... Yeah, who are they? What's the story there? Yeah. So, of course, then when you hear and about it... And then, of course, after that, then, uh, you know, the the real pain starts to kick in and that's where Felicon really come into their oh, own with support groups. Even prior to that as well, we were we were saying, what do you do? What do you do? So I had a 10-year-old at the time and she was convinced that we were bringing the baby home. And she was saying, of course, are we bringing the baby home? And we all kind of went, oh, my God, bring the baby home. Never heard of it before. Now you do hear of people bringing um, adults home to wake. And I thought, gee, I never heard of bringing a baby home before. So I said, you know what now? We'll ask. And the only thing now that will stop us bringing the baby home is if it's illegal. So um, we we said it to the bereavement midwife and she was saying, of course, you do whatever is good for you, whatever you want to do. And one of the other midwives said to us, to us that there was a little cold cot in in Maddie's basket. She was in the room next to us and there was a little cold blanket underneath. And I hadn't even thought of asking what it does or whatever. But they said that we could bring the cuddle cot 
home. It was it's a cuddle cot and it helps you to keep the baby Preserves the preserve baby. your yeah. preserve the baby's skin and colouring and yeah. all that. And just Fatalcon provides that um cuddle and cot they to provide the that to hospitals all and over the country. And we were able to borrow it from the hospital and we were the first people to bring it home from Cork. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And then did you have a little wake at home then? So we did, other we family kept members? it very small yeah. to be honest, because I felt again, at the time you don't know what to do and you don't you don't want to put anybody out and at the same time you're worried about your time with your baby. So I suppose we kept it really small for the fact that I thought, OK, we've only got two days here and I actually can't cope with trying to worry about everybody else. Are they OK? And all this when I just want to sit here and hold her and look at her and see her fingers and her toes and cry if I want to cry. And, you know, it's mm. like Sometimes to this day, I, I regret that I didn't have a big service that people could have came and sympathised with me or whatever you at the time. You further. But at the time, you're, yeah. you're in shock. You're in no man's land. It's just, it's horrific. Horrendous. You can't and then even. Carmel, uh, uh, over the years, I've interviewed people who've, you know, have told similar stories um, uh, to yours. And they talk about the pain afterwards of other people not knowing what to say. And yeah. how some people can... They're meaning to be kind, but God almighty, some people can be so insensitive. Did you deal with that? Did you have to cope with that? Yeah, like looking back now in hindsight, I can see that things that were said, of course, nobody means to hurt you. They don't mean to cause you upset. And but at at the time when you're in that middle of that grief and you're angry and you're upset and you're all these emotions are going through through your head. Your baby should be here. Your baby should be one week. It should be six weeks, should be three months. And the baby's not there and nothing's happening. And it's just like so lonely and such a, an awful place to be in. But now, five years on, looking back, I can see nobody meant any, any harm by saying anything like oh, that. You yeah. know, people say, sure, look, you already have Kaylee, uh-huh. sure, you've, you the, have one. Uh, sure, you're young, you'll have loads yeah. more. Yeah. Yeah. That, that if, to me now, yeah. we're not that young. But, if, but if, <laughs> if we can get one message out to anyone, I think that it's the same when somebody has, uh, has a miscarriage. Yeah, but that a stupid statement that people make. Yeah, gosh, you have years. You have, you have, that's you have, it. You'll be able to have loads more. It's the, you want the baby. Yeah, that's you, it. You and nothing will replace that yeah. baby. Like I'd often say, if if you could just think of your own children that you had, some anybody who would say like, oh, you have more, you can have more. If you would, if they could think of their own children and line them up in a row, and you'd say to them, pick one of them now, and to hand back. they'll be gone forever, and yeah. you can just carry on with the others. Sure, the answer that they're going to give you is yeah. it's impossible. Yeah. You couldn't, yeah. you can't. Yeah, possibly. and actually, and as Trudy, you've you've had bereavement and loss. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I remember a friend of mine, her gorgeous sixteen-year-old son, a tragic drowning accident, um, and afterwards, her talking about that, about people trying to avoid her. She was saying one day, you know, being in the supermarket, and a woman nearly falling into the freezer so as to avoid <laughs> yes. the eye contact. Yes. Would you what. would you have come across that as well? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Patricia. Yeah. And they don't know what to say. A yeah. lot of it. There's an awkwardness and there certainly has been uh, so particularly around this subject. Uh, my own sister, um, her first baby, Roisin, died as well uh, at the time of birth. And her next baby, who is my goddaughter, Orla, is a rainbow baby. And again, we had the song recorded somewhere over the rainbow and I didn't realise I never heard of a rainbow baby until a friend of ours said, oh, yeah, Orla's a rainbow baby. And I said, What's a rainbow baby? This is just something I'm learning as well. Explain and what that is to people who have never so heard. So a phrase. rainbow baby is a baby which you have, Carmel. Yeah, yeah, it's the it's a baby that you would have 
um, ha- following the loss. So it, the idea is that the storm that you're going through when the baby dies and at the end of every storm or there's a, there's a mm. rainbow, you know, and to, to have another baby like it does, it does lighten the load of the, the grief and everything. I mean, you'll never replace the baby that's gone. Never, ever. Like I always say, I have three children or four children, three with me, one in heaven. Mm. And even if we we're to take a family picture, I find it really hard to take a family picture unless I have either a photo of Maddie or Somewhere her little teddy bear from yeah, Felicon. Yeah. Just something that represents her. And the siblings. I mean, you mentioned your, your oldest um, child was 10. Yeah. Horrendous that was, for her. tough. Yeah, it was really tough. But, you know, she was involved in the whole thing from day one. We didn't keep anything from her. We, she was there for the experience. And to be honest, some of the best suggestions actually came from her because we were on about, she was on about taking pictures and would she bring a camera? And we were thinking weird how weird taking a picture of a baby who's died oh how are we going to tell her no to that and then there was a camera in the memory box they're not in the memory boxes now because they're actually professional cameras in the hospitals yeah but the camera was in the memory box and sure we took lots of pictures and we didn't find anything weird about Which it you and now it's the have. best thing that yeah. we that we ever did was and then and I take it Maddie has spoken about to your younger children oh, yeah. who came they after say they yeah. they all they all know about Maddie and the three year old now he's he he loves going to we call Maddie's garden we call the graveyard Ma- Maddie's garden and we'd be passing down the road and he'd say oh will we go into Maddie's garden oh, and he, yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah. it's a happiness around it that he sees he doesn't see the sadness and all that he just you know the kids are it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com when it comes to your finances you think you've done it all you've saved you've researched and you've invested all that you can Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Resilient anyway. Yeah. But we've noticed, Patricia, since the release of the song and the connection with Felicon, the amount of people that are getting in touch with Felicon, I know Mary has said it as well, and in touch, you know, with, with, with all of us as well. Uh, just to say that, you know, stories, one woman pulled over um, her car at the side of the road, a woman of 70 years of age, and she cried at the side of the road to say, it's amazing. You can now talk about your baby that died and give, you know, be able to say their name out. Uh, it's it's just a taboo, has been a taboo subject in Ireland 
Ireland and with the help of Felicon it's it's breaking down those barriers that it is now okay and even if your baby died 40 or 50 years ago Felicon offer a fantastic service which Mary shared with me as well about this special candle because when I told her my own story my sister's baby 20 years ago Roisin that died and she said well I'll get I'll get a candle for Roisin so they imprint the baby's name and they're able you to light repla- the candle. Yeah, you just replace the nightlight it's at wonderful. the top of the candle, and yeah. you, you have, and it's it's something that's out there in your home with, with your your baby's name on it and a talking point as well. Because yeah. for, and what you're talking about too, the the you know previous generations for many of those. They don't even have have a graveyard. They don't even no. have no. Maddie's garden. No. Some may visit. not have even seen their baby, or I don't even know where the babies were yes, buried. Exactly. Well, we, I met this couple just at one of the shows uh, the other night, and this couple came up to me, and uh, she's in her sixties, and he was in his seventies. And they said uh, their second baby passed away and uh, that the baby was taken without them even seen, you know, yeah. and buried and they don't know where. <sighs> and I spoke to Mary about this in Felicon and she said they actually are also helping. It's another part of their wonderful service, helping to trace where the baby for the yeah, was at the time it was, it was yeah. believed it was yeah. the right thing yeah. to do. And yeah. it's only we have we have yeah. learned, we've yeah. learned so much. And where do you hold support group meetings? So the Carmen? support group meetings are in different venues across the country and like that. That now I remember the first support meeting that I went to. The word meeting sounds a bit daunting. I know. And I was nervous going there, to be honest. And But it was the first time that I actually felt normal in months. Not so much normal, but felt that what I'm feeling is okay. And it's a general feeling across I'm um, not the, the only the one going parents. through this. Yeah, exactly. So the, the meeting is just... I found the meetings helped me an awful lot anyway. And... Um, the, the other thing then that we, we do is our clay prints for um, framed clay prints and bronze prints, you know. So when I, after a few years going to the meetings and helping out with the services or whatever, I trained with Mary to do, um, take clay prints and Mary provides this service. Um, she's very into the, the clay and her, they have the framing, her brother does the framing of the pictures. So we just go to the hospital with, with our piece of clay and we'll take a handprint or a footprint or both actually of the babies and they'll get them back a few months later oh. then with frames. And, and it's wonderful. And, and, and the and service is free, Patricia, th- which is that's incredible. That's bringing us nicely yeah. to this point. It's it's all free. Mm, yeah. Do you, do you get you granted it? No, not? it's not government funded oh. at all. It's a totally voluntary led organisation. And to be fair, we just um, depend on the support of um, families who use the services. They, they're all so happy that they'll do some fundraiser yeah. or whatever. And, and that's why something like what Trudy's doing here with, with her over the an rainbow. It's am- just an amazing, remarkable thing that she has done to even think about the charity yeah. and to donate the proceeds. Mm. It, it, we're just so honoured. It's absolutely fantastic. We're delighted. Oh, Thank listen, you, Trudy. A listener said, Patricia, great to hear you talking about uh, stillborn babies. About 70 years ago, my brother was born, stillborn. My mam didn't even get to see him. It was a full-term baby. He was nine pounds in weight. Uh, he was buried at the hospital and my mam came home and that was it. It was never spoken about. Thank God for the changes and uh, not before time. And and I'm very conscious when we do interviews like this of so many people listening who will be able to identify and, and will have a story a story like that. And I think it's nice, Patricia, that even at this stage, you know, Felicon will still supply them with a candle with that baby's name. Yeah, so whatever yeah. the baby's name was, even 40 or 50 years later, yes. Felicon will organise for that candle to be it given to that. 
listener and that they can have it. Yeah, yeah, very important. Yeah. Okay, it's time for us to play this wonderful song from um, uh, Trudy Lawler, uh, Over the Rainbow. Uh, we'll play it and then we'll come back and you can give details of where you can actually, where people can, uh, can buy it and download it. Here's Trudy Lawler.
There you go. That is the wonderful Trudy Lawler and Over the Rainbow. That it really is just stunning. It Thank it really you, is Patricia. stunning. Just where did you record? We recorded it uh, with Peter Maher up in Middlewalk Studios and Clock Jordan in, in County Tipperary. He's fantastic. Okay. Uh, and the orchestra from Macedonia, John Burns arranged all the string orchestration as well. And it was very funny, Patricia. We recorded the video just there last week up actually at the recording studio where I did the song. And Peter has two dogs. And I said, I want to bring the dogs in. He said, they haven't been washed. I said, bring them into the video. Because what I what my my reason being was somebody like Carmel, who was trying to explain to her younger siblings or younger children, um, siblings of, of Maddie, where is Maddie? And just rather than trying to say, well, heaven, well, where's heaven? What does that look like? If you can maybe over the rainbow, that's yeah. where Maddie is or that's yeah. where whatever, yeah. ba- whoever the baby yeah. is. And I just think it, to keep the video simple as well. And it's great. And the more people that share it, the more people are becoming aware of Felicon and the, and the wonderful and the, work and they the do. And the great work. Um, Alice, hi, I've just tuned in. My baby brother was buried in England in uh, 1950. I never knew him or I never knew where. So I have no grave to even go and visit. I actually put his name Patrick on the headstone when my mum and dad died. Oh, my no. Tears are falling as I'm texting Aww. you. Uh, best wishes from uh, Margaret. And uh, Carmel, in your case, Maddie, it was uh, on a scan. You were told there was something wrong with yeah, her heart. At her 20, well, well, didn't know she was a girl at the time, but at the 20 week scan, um, we were told that Maddie had a heart issue and we went to Dublin and met with the, the surgeon in Dublin. And I mean, you know, there's a risk or whatever when you hear there's a heart, heart issue, but you never think, oh, this will be my baby. Anything will happen to my baby. And I just convinced myself that, oh, I'm going to have the miracle. She'll be born. There'll be nothing wrong with her heart and she'll be just absolutely fine. You know, but unfortunately, that's not the way it went. She was, um, I noticed little movement at, a, at around just gone 32 weeks. And when I had gone to the doctor to check the heartbeat, they had said that the heart was gone quite sluggish. And then before she was born at all, she had actually died. So she was still born just uh, nearly 33 weeks. Uh, yeah. And, and I, while well, well, we were listening to the song, um, Karma showed a photograph. Absolutely perfect. Yeah, baby. perfect. Just yeah, she was absolutely beautiful. Tiny. She was just under three pounds. Yeah. And but she was, oh, yeah, perfect. Well, Carmel has given so much inspiration, Patricia, isn't she, to so many people that are listening into yeah, your show and, today. And you, 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 know, you work in the support groups, girl. don't you? you I do. You yeah. Host, well, yeah. I tell you, like, I mean, if you were talking to me now two or two years ago, I don't know if I would have been able to answer you that I'd be sitting here today because really and truly your life changes so much. The, the loss is just totally underestimated. You know, it changes. It changes you as a person. For one, it changes everything about everything. To be fair, you know, some not for the worst, but not for the last, not for the good, whatever. But like I would say that I am a totally different person. A year ago, I would have thought I wouldn't have even survived. Mm. I would have thought, oh, my God. And the first year you're in in a zone where you're physically present, but your your mind is racing and totally away from the world going on around you. And you're sitting there thinking, how am I having a conversation? How am I even sleeping? How do I eat? All this is going through your head. Was it hard to see other babies? Oh, I f- that was one of my most difficult things now, I have to say, was that. And it wasn't for the other babies because I absolutely, all my love, all my life, I adore babies. I love them. I absolutely adore babies. But I just felt that, oh, what, what I was missing out on was, was the, it was just getting at my heart. You know, if I, if I saw another baby, I'd be thinking... Now, I'd be thinking it anyway, so I don't really know why it would have bothered me. But I would just think, oh, Maddie would be like that now or 
mm. whatever. But now at the moment, you know, if I see a five year old, which I thought I would never get to that stage. But if I see a five year old now, I'm going, oh, my God, Maddie would be like that. Now I can actually smile about yeah, it, you yeah, know, or whatever. Yeah. But the second year then is so hard as well, because all the firsts are gone. The first Christmas is gone. The first birthday is gone. The yeah. first Easter. Mm-hmm. And you're a little bit in no man's land. It's And it's all and it's kind of gone a bit from people's heads as well. And you're just there thinking it's quite lo- it's very lonely, really very, very lonely. And you're trying to put on the face for the children and the family. And the outside world. And yeah, yeah. And the dads, uh, Carmel. Poor we, dads. Yeah, oh. we have a tendency to yeah. really we do. focus we forget on them. the mums in all of this. Yeah. We forget and them. And by God, the dads suffer they just do. as much. Yeah, they do. They've lost it. They've and lost a child. That's it. And as well as that, you find that at the time, they're the ones kind of holding it all together because they have to be okay and of course. they have to mind whoever else is at home or or mind their wife or whatever. And everybody's asking, oh, how is your wife? And rarely would ask, how are they doing? Mm. And often you would you would hear that the dads don't actually, um, it doesn't really hit, not so much hit them, but they don't find that the suffering really starts until a good bit after the baby has died. You know, well. friends of ours now who we've had we've we'd have met through Felicon, the dads would all be inclined to say that it's later on after the initial real shock and the the dealing with the devastation that they themselves feel, God, this was my loss as well, you know. And we're staying hard. strong until I yeah, suppose. That's yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. 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 But um, Patricia, could we just mention the spelling of Felicon for yeah, people that maybe with that don't speak Irish? Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, F e i l e a c a i n f e i l e a c a i n dot i e. That's the website, and uh, it's and wonderful. And there's a helpline, a helpline number Great. as well, and that phone number is o eight five two four nine six four six four. Okay, and, and I know we're going to put this up on our Facebook page as well. Lots of texts coming in. Hi, Patricia. I've had my first scan today listening to you. And I'm, I'm in tears. I hope my baby is happy and healthy. And uh, please, God, your baby will be happy and healthy. These are very, oh, yeah. it's, it, you know, what, what happens is it's so unfortunate, but they're very isolated, aren't they? Yeah, in, in regard yeah. to happy, healthy, and you will have a happy and a healthy child. Uh, Tim says, hi, Patricia. Brilliant interview with Trudy and Carmel. Good luck to Trudy with the song. Hope she makes millions for the charity. That's from oh. Tim Cochran. Oh, thanks. And yep. then my baby brother died in 1969. And funny enough, I got my kids to learn somewhere over the rainbow, played Aww. slowly on a button accordion. It brings me to tears thinking about him whenever they play it. Oh, Isn't that? And there's, there's, there's a wonderful connection now. And someone else was on wanting to wish you all the best. Hi, great to hear Trudy on your show today. Great memories of dancing to her in the band at Katrina's Bar in Brinney oh, some God. years ago. Good luck to her from uh. Tim Joe Hurley, uh, uh. Butlerstown, Barry Rowe and huge fan of uh, Trudy uh, lovely song that's from Anthony Pickford and there was another one in as well from um, if I can find it it came in earlier when I mentioned hi Patricia congratulate Trudy for me personally on her lovely single Over the Rainbow so delighted for her a true lady uh, she comes from Ballyfin what oh. else would you expect? Oh. Looking forward to seeing her live shortly. <laughs> and that's Michael O'Sullivan in Castletown there. Oh, thank you so much, Michael. Thank <laughs> so you. No, nothing, so nothing nice but, but, but nice things. Somebody else says, my mum used to sing that song somewhere over the rainbow to me and my brother at bedtimes when we were little. I'm singing along with it too. Just listening. Congratulations on a great song. OK, and on and on they go. Where oh. can people download? Because we want to make as much money as we can for uh, Felicon. Absolutely. And to shine the light in, and create awareness of what Felicon are about as well. Yeah. Uh, the 
download it this minute from iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, all the forums, and it's going to be in the record shops. Uh, and make sure go yeah. into record shop if they don't have it. Tell them to get it the in because CD it, the physical there. CD, yeah, yeah, five euros, and every penny will go to Which to Felicon. We're so grateful. Yeah, um, well done, you, Trudy. Trudy you're, you're, yeah, you're you're fa- you're you're fantastic as always, and that's the, thank you, Patricia. You've for yourself. I, I'm just delighted thank to be you. associated and and hopefully shining a light on the great work that that Mary and Carmel was just excellent there today. You were brilliant, wonderful, oh, yeah, brilliant. wonderful. Well done. well done. Continue. Good luck to the great work at uh, Felicon. Uh, but Carmel and Trudy, thank you both for joining us in the studio. Thank you. Thank you're listening to Cork today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Still getting a lot of calls and texts in from people uh, wanting to wish Trudy Lawler uh, and to uh, Trudy Lawler all the best with her single somewhere over the rainbow. And lots of people saying, "Well done to Carmel, how brave!" Yeah, well, a lovely, lovely lady, and it isn't the easiest topic to talk about. But uh, she's um, fantastic. And I think really, uh, somebody said it's it's great that we're highlighting this amazing charity, uh, Failacom. And I think, you know, listening to Carmel, how Felicon has helped her, you know, she's going on to help other mothers. So anything we can do to help out the work of Felicon, because what they provide, the service they provide, they provide it free of charge and they're a charity and they can only do that if we help them out, if we donate any fundraisers they're having. Are a simple one now is we can go all go out and buy Trudy Lawler somewhere over the rainbow with all of the proceeds going to Felicon. And just to give you an example of how busy Felicon are, unfortunately, there will always be little babies uh, who will die either just before or at birth or just after birth. Last year, they delivered 852 memory boxes free of charge to hospitals. For 852 families, isn't that a staggering uh, amount? And the cuddle cots, which a, a lot of people wouldn't be aware of, this facilitates the family to bring the little baby home if they want to have a little wake or just to spend some time with their precious little baby. 272 cuddle cots were supplied to bereaved uh, families and they answered over 1,500 calls to their support line and they held uh, support meetings 80 in total and workshops all over the country and their telephone number if anybody needs to contact Felicon the Stillborn and Neonatal Death Association of Ireland even if your loss was many many years ago uh, you can reach out and you'll get the support and the love that you need and their 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 number their support line number is 085 2496464 and of course they're they're a charity based out of West Cork 34 North Street in Skibbereen if anybody needs to write to them we wish them the best of luck and once again our thanks to Trudy Lawler for joining us in, in, in studio and for Carmel coming in to share the story of her loss of her little baby at Maddie may she rest in peace 1850 some of your calls Kay in Mascarbury was on this is reacting to the piece I did about the vandalism on the flower pots at the plaza in Mallow she said trees were vandalised in Mascarbury a new tree was planted recently in Vandals just simply broke the tree just snapped it in two 
Nothing better to be doing. Well, there's a new tree. Let's break it. I think the vandals were caught on... I think if the vandals were caught on CCTV, they should be made to buy a new tree. And if they're underage, then make the parents pay for it. Something has to be done about this vandalism. They're simply getting away with it and they know they're getting away with it and nothing is being done about it. And we still, we're going to, we'll try and check out and see if there is CCTV around that area of Mallow, the plaza, to see could anyone, could they look back on the CCTV because we know what happened Saturday Saturday night into a Sunday morning. Um, John was on, is looking for a copy of a book. Can anybody help John, please? There was a book, it came out about 10 or 11 years ago. The name of the book is Voices and Poems of Do Hollow. John says it was written by a gentleman by the name of Tim Brown. Not ring a bell with anyone. He has tried to see, can he buy a copy of the book, but there are no copies left in any of the shops. So he's wondering now if anybody would have a copy that you would be willing to sell to John. He's willing to pay for it. So the name of the book, Voices and Poems of Do Hollow. He reckoned it came out about 10 or 11 years ago. And Tim Brown, the author, I don't know if Tim Brown is still with us or, you know, if it only came out 10 or 11 years ago. Does anybody know who Tim Brown is, where we can make contact with Tim Brown or a family member of Tim Brown? And failing that, somebody might have a copy of the book that they will be willing to sell on to John. And we have all of John's details. If you can help us with that, please do. 1850-333-103. On Brexit and politicians and all of that, Jim on the College Road said, I heard you talking earlier about Brexit, Patricia, and discussing about how politicians are making the decisions. But Jim says, I feel the politicians are just out for themselves and what they can get. If they got rid of all of the political parties and everybody came together, it would be much better for the country rather than all the party politics that are going that are going on. And I take it that's not just in this country you're talking about across the water as well in the United Kingdom. Oh, some of your texting on this issue. Mick says, the only people who want a general election are Sinn Féin. And Sinn Féin, that's the same party who brought down Stormont. They want to do the same thing here. Why don't they take up their seats in Westminster and do some good, especially for those who voted for them? Why don't they take their seats in, in Westminster? That's from Mick. Sandy says, the UK making threats re-tariffs is all a lot of hot air, in my opinion. The UK need cheap food and they need it all of the time. Tariffs on EU imports to Britain would blow food prices out of all proportion as it would give a targeted price for other countries to aim at while keeping their prices just under the price of imported EU food prices. Pat says, to the lady who had to go with you about saying England instead of the United Kingdom, there is no unity between England and Scotland and I don't see much of it between England and Wales over the past few days. The thing about Brexit is all this is just smoke. England just don't want to bend their knee to Germany or indeed to France. What this is, is England starting a third world war in Europe and blaming other people for it. I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's all about getting honest. 
That's from uh, Pat. Okay, and just on a couple of other issues in by text. Martin was back on. Martin was the one who texted earlier complaining about the station road in Mill Street and wondering has anybody else noticed it? And I was saying what was wrong with it? Was it littering? Was it the road surface? What's the problem? Martin was back on to say sorry. It's the road surface I'd like to complain about on the station road in Mill Street. Has anybody else noticed it? Martin describes it as being an absolute disgrace. People in the Mill Street area, the road surface on Station Road. We were talking about cycling and cyclists and trying to make cycling as safe as possible for people in the city. Una says, Patricia, I work in the city. I've got to be very honest with you. You are taking your life in your hands walking on the fine, wide footpaths. Why? They're constantly used by cyclists taking shortcuts from one road to another road. We have been given the lovely Coca-Cola bicycles available for use inside in the city and we've been given fine pedestrian areas but unfortunately cyclists are constantly whizzing past and nearly going through people without any consideration. Nanonagel Bridge is a prime example of this with cyclists who don't get off their bikes and walk constantly bombarding walkers of all ages due to their sheer laziness. I know the lanes, not all are joined up, but that is the way it is. Footpaths aren't perfect also, but we must take care when walking and we certainly don't need selfish cyclists ramming through us. There is no justification for that. Why don't cyclists get fined, like motorists do, for misbehaving? Pedestrians deserve respect, thanking you, says uh, Ina. Oh, you got a lot off your chest there, uh, Una. And would others agree that that's a, that is a big problem in the city? I have to tell you, I don't, I don't, I don't go to the city that, that much, but the last time I was up there, I have to agree with you, Una. I did notice that. I did notice there was cyclists on the footpath but would the cyclists and the cycling organisations say that's because the roads are not safe enough we need more cycle lanes that's what the cycling campaigns are trying to do they're trying to get these physical barriers put in between the traffic and the cyclists make the cycle lanes safe and then you know as as we heard from Justin again this morning on the programme the problem of motorists parking on the cycle lanes which obviously then the cycle doesn't make the cycle lane of any use to a cyclist if you've got people permanently parked uh, there and is that then forcing cyclists onto the footpaths absolutely it's it's not the correct place uh, to be and you, you'd almost be nervous, wouldn't you, when you're walking along for fear? Because a cyclist would, you know, if you built up enough speed on a bike and you're on a footpath, you would knock a pedestrian down. And there is a question for Annalise. Thank you for that. We'll put that to Annalise when she joins us a little bit later on. 1850-333-103. John Paul continues to take your calls. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses. Supporting communities. Serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. The Donnerail Active Retirement Group, they are meeting this afternoon for arts and crafts, two o'clock. It'll be followed by their usual meeting at three o'clock. Sandra Sheehan will talk on the up-and-coming arts festival, which is going to happen in July. An introduction demonstration on how the horse boy movement method can help children and adults on the autism spectrum will be given by author Robert Isaacson. Now, that's happening tomorrow 
four o'clock in the afternoon at Maryville Stables in Carrigaline. More details from David Doyle, 87 2734185. And anybody who has seen the Horseboy movie, it's based on the life of um, Robert Isaacson, is going to be in Carrigaline tomorrow. And a talk on the siege of Jadaville, a major conflict in the Congo during the early 1960s, will be given by Captain Noel Carey in Mallow Social Services. Tomorrow, doors will open at half past seven. Talk will start at eight. And a free one to one breast cancer support day will be held this Thursday at the Cork Arc Cancer Support House in uh, Bantry. If you'd like to book a place, 027 53891. A Mallow Rotary Club are holding a table quiz, Albert Lynch's Bar, on Thursday night at nine o'clock. Tables are for 40 euro and proceeds going towards the eradication of polio. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Thank you to a number of people, including Leo Fitzgerald, for sending on Tim Brown's telephone number. Uh, Tim is the gentleman who wrote the book of poetry about Do Hollow, that we have a listener looking for a copy of the book. Uh, John is looking for a copy of the book, Voices and Poems of Do Hollow. But it seems Tim doesn't have any copies of the book left either. So we're now going to have to rely on someone who has a copy at home that they will be willing to sell to John. So anybody out there, a copy of Tim Brown's book, Voices and Poems of Do Hollow, that you will be willing to sell on to uh, John. Can you contact us, please? 1850-333-103. I want to go to the comment line where Jared is in Castletown Roach and he joins me. Good afternoon to you, Jared. Good afternoon. Jared, you're in a bit of a dilemma with your parents and their phone has been cut off by air. Take me back That's and tell, tell me what ha- what's been going on. It's just that they had additional... Um, mobile broadband and a phone mobile phone added to their account and they wouldn't work and we were unable to contact air to cancel it and as a result of that they continue billing for those amounts which my parents continue paying their 95 euro uh, broadband tv phone package and they haven't paid the excess which um is unjust we did return those to the air shop in Mallow even though they didn't want to accept them. But, and they said they had as much difficulty contacting here as we have, that they do only the same method of ringing. You went into the air shop and the air yeah. shop say they have difficulty contacting air. They are air. They are air, but they said they have no way of contacting their head office only by the same means as we have, which is to wait online for maybe a half an hour or more and then maybe have put on a further wait to try to reconnect you to somebody that may speak to you if they already have the permission of the account holder, which they look for. It is an impossible situation and we have been on OK, that. and you you tried to. So so your parents decided they wanted to put a mobile phone into the package? We decided we would have it for them so that they... OK, so when, when, they're out, when they're out and about, they'll have a mobile well, phone? They're not out and about. They're 92 and 90 and he has dementia at 90. And my mother is in very ill health, but they're in, they're confined to the house, the house. But this was when they were going for respite or something. Okay. So we would have a way of contact. And, and why, why did the phone not work? There, it wasn't sufficient coverage. The, um, there's, no, know, there's no coverage? Signal. Yeah, no signal. In, in Castletown we Roach? No, when we were, put it, when they were out from Castletown Roach. Like, their home package works perfectly and it's fine. Yeah. They continued paying that package, but when the other thing didn't work, 
we tried to cancel it within the 20 days or 20-something days. The cooling-off period. Yeah, but we weren't able to successfully get through to them to, to, to do that. We since tried to cancel the entire package as it, it was, this problem kept coming up. And we were able to even cancel that package so that we could bring in a new provider Yeah, because there was an outstanding balance, which was the balance for the excess items which we had returned, which weren't working. Okay, so the 95 was the original bundle package yes. that your parents had and you've been... And how much was it extra for the mobile phone? I can't recall exactly. Okay. I think it came to in the region of... 49 euros. Extra. So you, you decided, well, we're not getting the service, why should we pay it? But of course, no. how many months has this been going on? I think it, it, I think it's happened, started around December when we tried to get that either. November or December, I think it was December. I'm not, I'm unclear of that. Okay, so but in the meantime, on your parents' account, it looks like they have an outstanding debt. Yes. And that's what's mounting up the excess that you're yes. not paying. So Air have decided you're not paying your bill and they've just cut your they parents off? The service, which leaves my parents without the emergency buttons that they have. Did, did, they, did they contact you to say, unless, or your parents, unless you pay, we're going to disconnect you? My mother has had calls, uh, but a lot of them have been scam calls and she was unable to differentiate between one or the other. Oh, please. Because you know, some of them must have been from here, we imagine. But if we, if there wasn't one of us there to take the call, um, we wouldn't be able to differentiate which it was. Oh, no. And I, oh. she did say that they had rang her even as, early, as late as last Monday, I think, to say it would be cut off within 48 hours. We didn't know whether that call was proper enough. Or we had no way of getting back to them. And you, did you try the, and I know it's frustrating, did you try sitting on a phone and just literally waiting until you got oh, to Oh yes, we had waited for in excess of an hour for to, to initially maybe to be answered and then maybe to be forwarded to another number which nobody would pick up. God, it's, it's very frustrating. I know John Paul says we've contacted them within the last few minutes. I'm wondering, yeah. I'm wondering, John Paul, if we tweet them as well. Um, I don't know if, if John Paul has done that because usually if you tweet them, they're... Well, I've lodged a complaint with them as well and I have... But, but, in, but in the meantime, we, 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 we have a bigger issue now. We have your parents in their 90s yes. living on their own, the two of them together, living on yeah. their own without phone. Any access to any emergency... Um, like we try to provide as much help as possible and we're succeeding in doing it quite well except there occasionally is two or three hours during the day when we're unable to have anybody there and if an event happens if my father attempts to get off the chair which he can't walk but he sometimes thinks he can and if he falls and even if he falls or if he falls on my mother they are completely at risk have they a panic button which obviously won't work now without the phone they but do you... not work now with yeah but do, do, do they have one they do, yes. But yes. that's gone as well? That's gone as well. Okay, something needs to be done AS, a, ASAP to get this uh, sorted out. It's just... And you, we they, can't they, have another provider come in because they, obviously AIR won't release. The, I tried to get another provider come in and they said they were unable to do so. Because you said, you said the, the parents are under contract now with AIR, yeah. is, it? is that what, is that what yeah. they're saying? But they have continued paying their initial... 95 the 95, yeah, contract. yeah. And I imagine at some stage the other matter would get resolved, but it hasn't happened. And it is a, a, an awful, dangerous and unsatisfactory situation. Are they without TV as well? Well, we managed to get them 
uh, an ordinary Fairview. Yes, is it God? Yeah, okay. But that's the the bigger problem is. In, in, yeah. Well, the bigger problem is their alarm is gone. Oh, their yeah. panic it's alarm true. is gone. And as you say, if there isn't somebody permanently with them. And as a family, that's what you're trying to do, is it? You're trying to... Yes, we're trying to have them have a phone. My mother would often ring me or any of my sisters or brother where she said, oh, he's very uneasy. And, oh, my God, I'm afraid to try to get off the chair. And we would make headway for there. Their yes. house immediately in case anything was to happen. And they're both in their nineties, is it, Jared? Yes. yes, and my mother is in, is not in good health at all. She's had suffered two heart attacks in July, and her weight is decreasing. She's under seven stone at the moment. Oh God! And so barely able to move. With the she's a frail, a frail little thing. Yes, absolutely. And your her dad is one hundred percent, but it doesn't give us any comfort when there isn't any way of her. Um, getting an emergency contact with us or anybody. And she's your dad's main carer then, is she? She, she Well, my sister is uh, the is main carer. Okay. But my mother is there and uh, absolutely does everything for him if we're not there, whether it be providing him with access to a means of going to the toilet or getting a drop of water or anything, you know. And, and how is he in himself, your dad? He is not good. He is. He has worked some days worse than others, but he cannot find his way around the house. He, like with the help of a wheelchair, an electric wheelchair, he doesn't know how to get from any part of the house to the other. It's confusing to him. He has to be instructed how to to assist you to dress him. You know that you have to tell him put your hand in here, lift your leg there. Yeah. Everything is it's horrible. Like I do know he would be better off in home, but my but we haven't got place for him and my parents wish to stay at home as long as they can because that's what they want to do yeah yeah that's what they want to do and and we need to make sure that everything is in place so they can remain at home for as long as they want and Absolutely. a basic thing like a phone it's it's not even a basic thing like a phone it's an essential uh, service stay, stay there Jackie's in Bail and Blaw and she Hi, 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 how are you? It wasn't myself, I'm very well, thank you. It wasn't me, but it was my daughter who had an issue with air. um, And again, it was the adding and subtracting of a mobile phone to her um, account. Yeah. And even though the account was actually in credit, she ended up, uh, she uses her phone for work. So she ended up without a phone for a whole week, about seven or eight months ago. And again, it happened a few weeks ago. Uh, But they got it, she got it fixed by staying online telling them that she wanted the call escalated. She wanted the complaint escalated. So that was the first thing. Okay. Uh, and then in saying that, she also emailed them. They have an email, which I don't have at the moment, but they have an email address. And in emailing, you know, she, that, that gentleman needs to say, well, my parents are in their 90s. Uh, they have no form of communication as a result of Ayers' actions. And um, should anything happen to them, we will be laying it fairly back on the door of air. Um, and but it's the escalation of it's, the call. It's to look use that word. Yes. Yeah. It's look for the supervisor. If they don't put you through to the supervisor, ask for the case to be escalated and tell them that, um, you know, should anything in the interim happen to both their parents, which I hope it doesn't, um, that, um, you know... It'll be on their it'll heads. Take, it'll be on their heads. Yeah. For yeah. her, it was a case of she had no mobile phone for work and therefore she couldn't do her job, you know, so she was in, in a dire position in Dublin. Um, and eventually it got sorted uh, and it was Air's fault. 
Like and is it true your, your daughter, like what Jared was saying, went into the air shop? Yes, it is true. And they don't have any other form of contact with air except for the same. They will ring that number. That's that bizarre. It is bizarre. That is bizarre. But she also, because she works actually in the telecoms industry herself, she knows that air had um, pushed their call centres out to India. But now they have brought them back because it didn't work. Yeah, but now that, that they're back, their staff aren't fully trained yet. And that's uh, where the actual crux is. That doesn't, that doesn't help, Jared. That okay. doesn't help him, no, but All absolutely right. good, stick good, with it. Good words of advice, okay. um, Jackie. Thank you for no that. Okay, and in the meantime, uh, Jared, John Paul, is, we, uh, John Paul tells me he's, gotten on, he's gone directly to the press office. Uh, they usually are good to respond. Um, and if they don't, we're, we'll start tweeting them. That usually spurs them on as well. So we will get back to you. Okay. I doubt before they uh, close the programme, but if not, starting this afternoon. Okay, hang in there, all right? and uh, best wishes to your parents Thank you very much Okay, alright Take care Take care Let's uh, see if we can get that sorted That's shocking It's just it's You know, it's tough enough on those an elderly couple in their 90s you know, trying to be at home be as independent as they can and for something like that to happen Now I know Air will say the computer said no and all of this and it was because the bills weren't being paid and, and then God help the mother when she was getting the call. She's probably listening to us going on about all the scam calls and don't entertain scam calls, not realising that sometimes they're not scam calls, they are genuine. But in the meantime, there does seem to be a problem with air and accessing air and trying to get through to air to explain we have a problem, Houston, you need to sort this out. And in the case of this, an elderly couple now without a phone, they don't have their panic buttons that can't be allowed that can't be allowed uh, to that situation can't be allowed to remain the same that needs to get sorted and needs to get sorted ASAP 1850 John and his book uh, L Marie on Facebook says the Canturk bookshop they may have one in stock I doubt that Elmarie, because the, the very fact that John contacted us, I'm assuming he's gone to every single length possible and the obvious place would, would be to go to the local uh, bookshops to get it. There just doesn't seem to be any left uh, anywhere. Well, I think we're, our, the, our, the very best we can do, hope for now, is to rely on somebody who has a copy who'd be willing to sell it on to uh, John. The book is Voices and Poems of Joe Hollow and it was written about 10 years ago by Tim Brown. This is the Court Today replay on C103. And a lot of people on reacting to Gerard and the problem he's having with his parents and air cutting off the phone and they now are without a phone. Uh, Anthony says, I've had a couple of contracts with air and I found them very hard to deal with. I won't be going back there, says Anthony. And the amount of people that are saying exactly what Gerard was saying, trying to get through to air seems to be a nightmare. Margaret says, I have a bit of advice for Gerard with air and that is forget about ringing them. Sit down and write a letter to them and mention that you want it sorted within a certain length of time and if not the next letter will be from a solicitor unfortunately it's the only language they understand I, yeah but Margaret I don't think Jared and the family have that kind of time to play around with we've got an elderly couple in their 90s in a home without a phone and that means that their panic buttons don't work because they're linked to the phone and Michael says hi Patricia that poor family with the phone issue what is awful for the family and, the, and the, what, which is awful on the family and stress that they can really do without I would suggest ringing the broadband 
support number and if you get a good rep there they might be able to transfer the call to the right person internally only, only suggestions is Michael but it may be worth a try trying to get them to answer the phone seems to be the problem but thank you a lot of people having a lot of sympathy and support for uh, Jared. if we get anything on this before the close of the programme we'll bring it to you uh, if not we'll update you on the story tomorrow now Annalise Drussell of the Health Hub Times Square in Balancolic uh, joining us as she does every Monday good afternoon to you Annalise good afternoon and you are welcome lots and lots and lots of questions in let me get straight in starting with Maria reoccurring mouth ulcers been to the doctor they don't seem to be able to do anything to help what would Annalise suggest we actually had this one I think either last week or the week before Patricia and I had a good few people into the shop so it's a it's definitely a problem for a lot of people so the first thing I'd recommend is that you um, change your toothpaste to one without sodium lauryl sulfate so sodium lauryl sulfate is often in shampoos and um, body washes and things like toothpaste it creates the foam and many people are allergic to it so cutting that out often will solve the problem the second thing you could do is take a look at foods that you're eating and see are you reacting to something. So in my experience, people with mouth ulcers often react to either berries or citrus. So maybe cut berries and citrus fruits out of your diet for a couple of weeks and see do they heal up. And then in terms of relief, I think one of the best things is the colloidal silver. So you'll be able to get that in a health shop. It's basically tiny, minuscule nanoparticles of silver suspended in a water solution. And silver is wonderful for healing. It's a great antibacterial, antiviral as well. So people often would use it for sore throats. I'd use it at home myself, Patricia, a little bit in water sometimes just to wash um, fruit and veg. And it does definitely extend the, the shelf life of them. They don't go off as quickly. Um, so spray that in your mouth on the ulcers and it can really improve healing. Taking supplements then, zinc and vitamin C are very, very important for all skin healing. So if you've got um, very slow wound healing time, regardless of whether it's a mouth ulcer or whether it's a cut, take a vitamin C and zinc supplement and that will definitely speed up your own natural healing. Mary and Mitchell Stan, can Annalise repeat the product that she uh, recommended to help bring down cholesterol? So we spoke about two of them, Patricia. The first one we spoke about is um, the supplements that contain things called plant sterols. These are the same ones that you get in the floor proactives and the Benacol type things. But you can get them in tablet form. You need a minimum of 1.3 to 1.6 grams because that's what's been used in studies. So you'd need quite a few Benacol drinks to get that into you. It's much better to take the tablets. So one brand's name is called Zerocol. And they can bring your cholesterol down by about between 10 and 17%. If that um, isn't working for you, um, the next step then up would be something like, um, it's, it's, it's basically the same, Patricia, as the statin drug in the chemical structure. It comes from something called red rice yeast. Um, and chemically, it's similar to the statins, but because it's from a natural source and hasn't been isolated and synthetically manufactured, often people's tolerance levels are very good for it. So even if you've had side effects from statins, generally people will do very well on the red rice yeast extract. And one of the brand names for that is Cardio K. Okay, Mary in Mill Street has noticed when she buys fish oils, the date on it can be up to best before 2020. She's often wondered, how does it manage to last that long when fresh fish wouldn't last as long? Well, the first thing is would it be it would be is that um, fresh fish won't last long because there's 
natural bacteria in it and also protein will putrefy and rot. Whereas with the fish oil, the fat has been extracted. So you know yourself, you could have a bottle of olive oil in the cupboard for a year. Yeah, it'll never uh, go off. It won't go off the yeah. same with butter. So that's the reason. Now, once it, once it's opened, it can go off. And the other thing as well is that it, because it's a, it's, a, it's a delicate oil, it shouldn't be kept anywhere where it's going to be subject to temperature changes. You don't want to heat that. So I would say keep it in the fridge or the press, in a dark press. And uh, that'll make sure that it doesn't go off once you've opened it. Okay, hi Patricia. Could you ask Annalise? Would you have pain in your stomach after using Super Eight Gold Udus Choice? I started taking them, and about two days later, I started having pains. Would that be the cause? Would there be any connection between the two? Yep, very possible, Patricia. Um, yeah, the pro probiotics thing is an interesting one, and it actually does tell a lot about people's health as well, the way they react to them. Now, the super gold is very, very strong. So there's a lot of bacteria in that. Um, and some people, especially if their gut is, has been very um, compromised, can react definitely to such a high amount of bacteria going in. Some people will get huge bloating. Uh, that, that would actually often happen in um, cases of IBS. And they'll get a lot of bloating and wind. Some people, it'll go so far, they might get trapped wind and that can cause pain. So what I'd suggest there is possibly, like what you could do is you could open up the capsule there. Because, I mean, it's, I know myself, it's really expensive. So I don't want to say don't take it. Open up the capsule and just take, like maybe try and split the capsule into three days. So instead of taking one capsule altogether, um, just shake out a little bit of the powder in the capsule and um, take that and try and build it up to yourself. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. Stuff. It's something similar happened to me a few years ago after taking an antibiotic. I got something similar and I was so sick from taking it. Yeah, it does it, actually say a lot about your health. It does, yeah, yeah, it does, yeah. it does. And if you've been on a lot of antibiotics, you've sort of killed off all the bacteria in your stomach so you're just trying to build it all up again. Okay, question for Annalise. I have trimineral, I can't know how you pronounce this, trigeminal neuralgia. Trigeminal neuralgia for a couple of weeks now. The pain is excruciating. I'm on a lot of meds for both cirrhotic arthritis and a prolapsed disc in my lower back. And now I'm after getting this TN on top of everything else. So between all of the drugs and I'm on steroids, uh, I'm, a, I'm either nearly dead from the pain to feeling overdosed in certain episodes. I'm taking so much. It's taken over my life for the last two weeks. Is there anything that Annalise can suggest the pain is really desperate? Oh, it's a difficult one now, to be honest, Patricia, when you're on so many... Um you're so many um, medications like tran- um, trigeminal neuralgia is basically inflammation of the trigeminal nerve, which is in the face and it is a chronic pain disorder. So uh, this poor lady has an awful lot of, of going on with pain issues. Now, the problem with natural medicine is that this, the focus is to, tam- you know, is to deal with this, the root cause of inflammation and to use natural anti-inflammatories and they just take time. Um, so there'll be nothing that can deal with her excruciating pain at the moment. Um, I think probably for her, I would go straight for the cannabis oil, um, the high strength one, if she can get it. Um, she's looking like the, 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 the one that I sell here, Patricia, I get such good feedback on it. In fact, it was just, uh, it's the Cannabi Gold and we couldn't get it there for about six weeks because they had to undergo a, a labeling issue. So uh, 
um, which actually I should talk about as well, because it looks now like in Europe we're going to have trouble with cannabis oil. They're saying it's no longer a food supplement, that it's a novel supplement. So I wouldn't be a bit surprised if we see it coming off our shelves in the near future. Um, again, a big push, I'd say, by pharmaceutical companies, you know, because it is... it is A little um, bit like what effective. they did with the John's Worth. Yes, I think so, Patricia. Anyway, uh, we'll have to deal with that when it happens. Yeah. But the Cannabis Gold is... Um, I get great feedback on this. And when it was gone for the six weeks, people had to get other brands for me because I couldn't get it and there was no comparison in its effectiveness. So if this lady could get the Cannabis Gold 15% and she needs to take it twice a day... That is a very powerful anti-inflammatory and it does have pain management. Uh, the problem is is that if she's on an awful lot of medication, she cannot take it at the same time. So it's not that it's going to cause problems from a, a poison level. It's just that when you take pain medication, it needs to go through the liver on its own. You can't take any herbs or anything at the same time that could interfere with the way it passes through the liver. So if she does get the can of buy gold, she's going to need to take it on its own at least an hour or two away from her medication. Hi, could you ask Annalise what causes keratosis pilaris in the legs? Keratosis pilaris, I think, is where you kind of get a build-up of hard skin around the hair follicle. Yeah, it's dry. I like just Googled it now. Yeah, dry yeah. rough patches and tiny yeah. bumps. So it looks like kind of chicken skin, actually. Now, from a naturopathic perspective, if we see that on the arms, we would think possibly it could be an omega-3 deficiency. It's a very inaccurate, you know, marker. I mean, yeah, diagnosis. Have it and they would have plenty of omega-3 in their yeah. diet. But that would be the first place to, to start, really, is to um, take a good fish oil supplement or to increase the amount of omega-3 in your diet. And the way you can do that is by eating oily fish, which are salmon, mackerel, henning, herring, anchovies, um, river trout, they're all good oily fish. Um, the salmon, of course, the farm salmon, unfortunately, I, I don't know if there's a lot of omega-3 in that considering where they've been farmed. So try and go for a good quality, maybe organically farmed one. And then um, walnuts are very good for omega-3s and so are pumpkin seeds, uh, linseeds and chia seeds. So include all of those in the diet. To be honest, the best way is to kind of exfoliate the skin you can make your own scrub with maybe salt and coconut oil and do a kind of a nice, you know, uh, exfoliating scrub on your on your legs. But it is it is something to do with fat management. So the omega-3 is probably the best place to start. OK, would uh, Annalise agree that selenium helps with mouth ulcers? Um, zinc probably would be more likely because it's the zinc that's very important for wound healing. Selenium would play a part in a, in a roundabout way as well, especially if you are deficient. Um, and I suppose it can be easy to be deficient in selenium because a lot of our food now is hydroponically grown and isn't even grown in a soil. So I'd say a lot of plants don't have the same level of minerals in them that they used to. Um, the best way to, like, you're never going to know if you're deficient or not. So the best way to try is to take the supplement and see does it clear things up. Um, and if it does, you know you're selenium deficient and maybe you need to take it on a regular basis. But I'm not a big fan, Patricia, of people taking single minerals for a long period of time because if you take a high dose of one, it tends to make you deficient in another, so you get imbalances happening. So I would suggest trying it to see does it work, and if it doesn't work, stop taking it for sure. I'm Mary in Canterac. What's the best omega-3 to take for dry eyes? She's macular degeneration. You gave the information but somebody called to the door just as you were calling it out so she missed it. <laughs> okay. 
So with macular degeneration, there's a couple of things that are very important. The most important thing for macular degeneration, and there's numerous clinical studies that have proven this, is to take lutein. Lutein is actually not a fish oil or an oil at all. It's a plant chemical that comes from yellow, red and orange plants. So um, we'd get plenty of it um, in things like peppers, tomatoes, butternut squash, turnips, um, apricots, all of those. But you need it in high amounts, so I would suggest taking um, a supplement. And that is the absolute number one that you need to take for macular degeneration. Now, the omega-3s would also help generally for a number of reasons. They're very good for glaucoma, helping to drop the pressure behind the eye. They're very good for eye health in general because they not only are an essential component of all of the cell membranes, but they also have very powerful natural anti-inflammatory effects. So I think if you can take an oil, a good quality cod liver oil can be great to take. Don't bother taking something um, with six and nine in it. We get plenty of that in the diet. Focus on an omega-3 on its own. And depending on your health shop, they'll stock different ones. But you're looking for one that has a minimum of one gram of EPA and DHA combined. Okay, and with just about a minute left, are we still looking at the 23% VAT? So at the moment, we've heard nothing, Patricia, to the contrary. Um, seemingly, um, Leo Varadkar, during the week, I didn't hear him myself, a customer said that when he was questioned about it in the Doyle, he said it wasn't his decision. Revenue were deciding to do it, so it brings to question who's running the country. Um, if, you know, the Department of Finance can't make decisions like that. Mm. So we'll see. I know that tomorrow they're going to be presenting all of the signatures in the Doyle. I think there's about, there's, there's a lot of signatures. I think there's about 70,000, I heard. Yeah, yeah, it went so, through, it's gone through the roof in the last few weeks. Yeah, I mean, there's a huge public outcry, Patricia, about it. So, look, I think we still have to maintain hope that, um, a, you know, a government, um, our government in Ireland will listen to what the people want and give us what we want. Um, because it's not, it's not that it's something we want, not for our own good, it's for our own good. And they used, actually, Lutian as a test case to explain how much it would actually cost the government if people, um, if it goes out of people's price range to buy these health supplements. So it would cost, um, lutein is so good at preventing macular degeneration, it could cost the government, um, you know, uh, many, many hundreds of thousands um, to, to deal with the fallout from macular degeneration, whereas it costs, they'll make very little money on the VAT that they make from the lutein that could prevent the cost in the first place. Okay, we'll keep an eye on it and keep our fingers crossed. In the meantime, Annalise, pleasure as always. Thank you for that. We'll talk again next Monday. Thanks, Patricia. Uh, good morning to you. That or good afternoon. That is Annalise Roussel of the Health Hub Times Square in uh, Balancholic. That's where we wrap it up for today. No, we didn't play the superstar of the day who is Michael Jackson. So you're still listening out for two Michael Jackson tracks that will be played at some stage today. When you hear the two Michael Jackson tracks, it could be played this afternoon with Nick, it might be played later on with Martina or maybe Eric will play them in his legend hours tonight. Stay tuned and uh, win caller 50 to 1850 But we must play the two Michael Jackson tracks. That's where I leave you though for today. My thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing. Nick is with you for the afternoon. Talk tomorrow at 10. Hi, Martina here. Join me every weekday from 4 to 7 for Drive Time where I'll keep you up to date on all the latest traffic information. We'll spread some positivity with our feel-good story and song of the day. And of course, we'll be serving up a generous portion of Cork's greatest hits. C103. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.